0: Thank you very much. Thanks, Ben. Um, Yes, as Ben said, we're starting a series or we're in a series called Learn Love, uh, which I love because it tells me or that title tells me that there is always more to learn about love. No matter how old you are, how experienced you are, how many times you've been around the sun, there is still more to learn about love. There is more to learn about God and his love for you and for other people. So this morning, I have been given the task on preaching on the theme of breaking unhealthy cycles. Are you ready? (laughs) No, I'm not ready. Well, tough, this is what we're looking at today, breaking unhealthy cycles. And do you know, it fits in what I'm talking about today so beautifully with what Ian Bird was preaching on last week. Um, It was amazing to have them, Ian and Val come and join us. Um, But Ian preached a wonderful message um, about the Isaiah 40 scripture and this image of the eagle, but how sometimes there can be things which tether us and hold us back and weigh us down. And we were looking at some of those things. And I think this message in some ways is almost like a bit of a part two, an unintentional part two to that. We're going to take that a bit deeper. Um, So if you haven't listened to that message, I'd encourage you to go away and do that. Um, but today we are looking at breaking unhealthy cycles. So what do we mean by an unhealthy cycle? Um, I mean, you might already be aware of things that are unhealthy in your life, but an unhealthy cycle is something that, that stops you from pursuing God with all you have. An unhealthy cycle is, like Ian described it, that kind of tether that thing that is holding you back or weighing you down and stopping you from running with perseverance the race that god has marked out for you it could be all number of things it could be sin it could be disappointment it could be some issues from your past um, it could be anxiety there are so many different things that are not good for us that can weigh us down But specifically, we're looking at those things that we've got stuck in a cycle with today. Those things that we just find ourselves struggling with, the same things again and again and again. That's what we're focusing on this morning. And, you know, by definition, I suppose, the fact that something has become a cycle means that it's something that we're struggling with again and again. And that really, it's probably not an easy thing for us to break on our own. Because if it was easy, we would would have just stopped doing it and it would never have become a cycle in the first place. We would have done it the once and thought, this is no good for me, you know what, no more. But we're not like that, are we? We get stuck in these cycles at times and it can be hard for us to break through those on our own. The, The world knows this. The world knows it's hard for us to change. There is a multi-million pound industry in the self-help industry, and that is growing. It's one of the fastest growth industries that we have, the self-help industry, full of podcasts and um, books, resources, diet plans, meal plans, exercise training programs to help you to change, because the world knows that it is hard for us to change on our own, and we often need help. And... Although there are a lot of good resources out there, there's some maybe not so good, but there's some good stuff out there to help us change. I wanna set the tone and say very clearly this morning that there is no resource out there, there is no book, diet plan, meal plan, podcast, anything, no resource out there that can bring transformation to your life like Jesus can. Jesus is the only one who can bring true transformation to your life, who can break your unhealthy cycles. He may use those other things at times, but it is him and his power at work that enables us to do that. So that is what we're going to focus on today. Um, And I'm just going to bring one chunk of scripture today. We're going to sit in it for a little while. Um, And I'm going to bring the scripture from Romans chapter 7 today. And this is Paul, who is writing this letter to the church in Rome. And I'm bringing this scripture because it is so refreshing to hear someone who's supposed to be such a man of faith have a bit of a wobble about his unhealthy cycles. And I think as we read this, hopefully you'll get a bit of a a grasp of the emotion and the frustration that Paul finds because he's struggling to change his habits. There's a bit of, maybe the language might be a little bit complex in this, but hopefully you can appreciate the emotion behind it. I'm gonna read it out for you. So Romans chapter seven, we're gonna jump in at verse 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Sound familiar already, maybe? (laughs) And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing." Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that does it. So I find this, law at work within, find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my, the, my mind and making me a prisoner of the law its sin and death within me what a wretched man i am who will rescue me from this body subject to death he's having a bit of a moment isn't he paul with this you can almost grasp the frustration he's saying i know what i want to do i delight in god i know what is good for me i know where i need to change but there's this other thing going on within me there's this, there's this sin, there's this flesh within me that is stopping me from making those changes, that is stopping me from doing what I know is good for me. And, you know, isn't it refreshing that Paul feels like this? You know, that it almost sets an example that it's okay for us to feel like this at times. You know, Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. He... Um, was such a man of faith he had such wisdom and revelation from God so if he felt like this from time to time that tells me that it's okay for us to feel like this from time to time as well I'm kind of calling this the the chapter 7 mentality this kind of Roman 7 mentality that you just kind of feel a bit helpless a bit stuck a bit like you're going round in circles and there's no you know there's no way out It's okay to feel like that at times. And there may be people here this morning who feel like that right now, that you're facing the same issue again and again and again, and you just feel like there's no way out. You might be thinking, what a wretched man I am, or some other kind of colorful language to describe yourself. If that is you today, or if you find yourself in that place, I want to tell you that you need to get up and keep on moving it's okay to go to that place it's not okay to stay there because there is so much hope and so much of a future available for you but we just have to get up and walk into it you don't have to walk far because believe me literally the next verse that paul talks about gives us so much wisdom and revelation about how we can break our unhealthy cycles but we do we have to just stop getting comfortable there and believe that there is more, believe that there is um, breakthrough for you in your unhealthy cycles, so just get up and keep on moving. just just keep swimming, as a famous fish once said, so literally we don 't have to go far. The next verse that we find ourselves in Romans chapter eight, verse one, we find such a key, therefore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those of us with unhealthy cycles in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for you. There is no condemnation. I don't know what happened to Paul between the end of chapter 7 and the start of chapter 8. I don't know whether he maybe just, I don't know, had a snack or took a a nap, because those things can really change our minds, or whether the Holy Spirit spoke to him. I don't know what it was, but this is the same guy, in the same set of circumstances, but with a totally different attitude. He's gone from saying, what a wretched man I am, to a couple of sentences later saying, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So this morning, I want to tell you that you are not condemned, you're not condemned. That, the word condemned means to be sentenced to punishment. It means to be um, no longer fit for purpose. Sometimes we can have this image of like old buildings that have been condemned because they're not safe anymore. They're not you know, safe to be lived in or inhabited in. And we can feel like that at times. We can feel like we deserve punishment. We can feel like we're no longer fit for purpose. But God says to you today, you are not condemned. They are not his words. You are not condemned. And we do, you know, have to do the word of God justice here. There is a full sentence. At the end of that sentence, it says, there is, no lo- con- there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So it is important to note that it is important to be in christ jesus so if you're not in christ jesus so that you know if you haven't accepted the salvation that jesus has for you if you wouldn't say that jesus is your lord but you want to make that step today today is a fantastic opportunity for you to do that if that is you and you want to get to know Jesus, you want to accept him today, then speak to someone who you came with. We'll have a, a prayer team over here at the end who are ready and willing to kind of walk you and guide you through that process. Or if you're online and you just give a message to the lead host, they'll, they'll help you and walk you through that. Because on the other side, when you make that decision to follow Jesus, you then walk in the freedom and the fullness from knowing there is no condemnation for you. It doesn't mean there's no consequences to our actions, but it means you are not condemned, you are not judged, and you are not punished for everything that you've done wrong. Isn't that so refreshing? So God is not condemning you. We know that, (laughs) but how often do we condemn ourselves? We can believe that God doesn't condemn us, yet we can be so quick to tell ourselves that we're wretched. We can be so quick to tell ourselves that we're getting it all wrong. It's easy for us to listen to shame. And, you know, we've, we've sung a bit about shame this morning, about how God's defeated it, because we have to be wary of shame in our lives. Um, shame will tell you that you are the only person to have ever faced an unhealthy cycle in your life ever, and that you will be... Judge if you tell anybody and that you better just keep it to yourself because you're doomed to suffer with that unhealthy cycle uh, forevermore and that you might lose friends or be laughed at if you shared it and that really that there's no way out for you so shame will tell you that you are on your own in this shame will tell you that there is no way out but God tells you the exact opposite he says you are not condemned there is a way out there is a hope and a future and he has put a plan in place in order to get you there So make sure you're not listening to shame. Make sure you are listening to God and his words. Who are you listening to today? So let's go back to Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free. Jesus Christ has set you free. Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. He has set you free from the power of sin and death in your life. That is something that we should really be a little bit excited about. That is something, you know, we can get excited about a lot of things. We can get excited about the football. We can get excited about food. We can get excited about a series finale on Netflix. But we should be more excited about the freedom that Jesus has given us from the power of sin and death. Maybe we need to work on building that excitement and building that gratitude within us today. If you can, if you can just accept that, the freedom that Jesus has given you, then that That is the key to seeing breakthrough in so many areas. If maybe you need a little bit more explanation or a little bit more understanding, then let's just move on to verse 3. And Paul, in his graciousness, has given us that information. So he explains it a bit more. He says, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. So just to explain what this means, Paul talks about us as people, as humans, having this thing called a flesh. The flesh is is this part of ourselves that makes us susceptible to sin, that is maybe a bit selfish and self-seeking, that it just makes us prone to maybe not getting things right all of the time. Without our flesh, we'd be pretty perfect. But our flesh is often what trips us up and makes us, you know, almost incapable really of being perfect 100% of the time as much as that really irritates and annoys us. Or maybe it does just me. So we've got this thing called a flesh, but it says that God sent Jesus Where does it say? In the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So when Jesus came to the earth, he took on the form of flesh. He had a human body. The Bible says he was fully God, but he was fully man. He had a flesh, and yet he did not sin. He remained perfect. He remained innocent. He overcame the flesh through his life. But because he was so perfect and innocent, it meant that then when he took on the sin of the world, when he died on the cross, that that sin and that shame and everything that we did wrong died with him. Before Jesus, if you did something wrong, you would have to sacrifice an animal or pay a price for that wrongdoing in order to get yourself back in righteousness with God. Whereas when Jesus came, he took on all of our sin and our shame so that we wouldn't have to keep on doing that. And when he rose from the grave three days later, he overcame the power of all of those things. He overcame the power of sin. He overcame the power of death. He won. He was greater. He won. He overcame flesh. He overcame death. He overcame sin. And I think then we can extrapolate from that, that he overcame your unhealthy cycle. He overcame flesh, death, and sin. I think your unhealthy cycle falls into one of those couple of categories. You have been set free. He has broken the power of that in your life. Not because of anything that you have done. You haven't earned it in any way. But Jesus has done that because he loves you so much and wants that relationship with you. You have been set free. And note that this this is Past tense, right? You have been set free. There is not one more thing that Jesus needs to do in order to break the unhealthy cycle from your life. It has already been done. He said on the cross, He said, It is finished. My work here is done. I've done it all. If Jesus doesn't do one more thing, that is okay because He has done it all. There is not one more thing that He needs to do in order to break your unhealthy cycle sometimes we can pray jesus just do this just change that just change this just change this in my circumstances and yet it's good for us to pray into the details it's good for us to pray for things to be different but we shouldn't have the attitude that if only things were different you know if only down the line then i will start to see breakthrough once i see change no it's already happened it's already done the victory is already yours the battle that we have is bringing our minds into alignment with that. It's actually choosing to believe that. It's actually choosing to see our unhealthy cycles from a place of victory rather than a place of defeat. The battle is choosing to walk by faith, choosing to focus on Jesus and what he has done rather than get dragged down into the nitty gritty of what's going on in our circumstances and focusing on that instead. Choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Choose to believe that you have been set free. It might not be easy. It might feel like a really hard thing to do to change your mindset. But it's, something, it's the key. It really is. It is the key to seeing breakthrough. So, We'll move on to the the third thing, and the last thing that I'm gonna tell you from Romans 8. There's so much more, and if I could give you any homework, I'd say read the whole of Romans 8 today. Um, But the last thing that I've got time to tell you about. If we pick it back up at uh, verse three, it says, "'And so he condemned sin in the flesh, "'in order that the righteous requirements of the law "'may be fully met in us, "'who do not live according to the flesh, "'but according to the Spirit.' For those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires but those who live according to the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires the mind governed by flesh is death but the mind governed by spirit is life and peace you have a choice about who you are let governing your life are you being governed by the flesh Or are you being governed by the Spirit? You have a choice. Maybe just take a moment to to reflect on on where you're at. What has been guiding your decisions recently? What has been guiding your actions? Has it been the Spirit, which is life and peace, seeking God out, seeking what is right for you in your life? Or has it been the flesh? Maybe you've been a bit self-seeking or you've been... um, Maybe, you know, just following what gives you short-term satisfaction, but maybe with a longer-term consequence to it. What has been guiding your life? Take that time to step back and think what has been guiding you. The easiest way I think that we can tell that is to think, you know, where have we been spending our money? What have we been uh, doing with our finances? What have you been doing with your time? What does your calendar look like recently? Where have you been going? What have you been doing? Who have you been spending time with? And maybe think about your relationships as well. Who have you been investing in? Who have you been spending a lot of time with? Are these things that are following the spirit in your life or are they things that are maybe following the flesh? But you have a choice, spirit or flesh. We have to believe that we have that choice, right? If we we believe that Jesus has overcome flesh and that that same power lives within us, then we have to believe that we can overcome the flesh as well, that we can choose spirit over flesh in our lives. So when it comes to your unhealthy cycles, believe that you have a choice. Believe that when it comes around and you, face your, you find yourself in that same situation again, believe that choosing life by the spirit is an option it is a choice and that Jesus has given you the power to be able to choose that and opt for that. You are only ever one decision away from a spirit-led decision. So if you mess up, don't worry. There's no condemnation. There is another opportunity coming for you to choose life in the spirit. And like I said, it goes on. In chapter 8, there's, there's so many so many nuggets so much wisdom in there to help us to overcome our unhealthy cycles but I just thought for the time that we've got left I I wanted to maybe share a bit more um, of some practical advice some practical things that we can do when we're looking at trying to overcome unhealthy cycles because this this stuff is is brilliant right that we need to know that we're not condemned we need to know that we've been set free we need to know that we've got choices to make But what does that actually look like in the middle of the week when you're thinking about unhealthy cycles and you actually want to to do something about it? So if that's where you're at, hopefully um, these next thoughts can help you. So I've got some suggestions for you when you're thinking about breaking unhealthy cycles. Um, The first thing sounds pretty self-explanatory, but if you would like to break an unhealthy cycle within your life, the first thing you have to do is to identify your unhealthy cycles you may you may be fully aware of them you may not need reminding of it at all you may be aware of the issues that you're facing again and again but you may not you may find yourself in that kind of chapter seven mentality that frustrated place where kind of you just feel like you're not making any progress and you may be going around in circles but you're not sure what actually the cause of that is if that's the case pray about it Ask God to show you what's going on here. What is the issue that I'm dealing with here? Get some guidance from wise people around you. Um, and you know, there is a place here as well for, for counseling and therapy and those kinds of things. That there's, there's no judgment in those things at all. If they can help you break your cycles, then go for it. Do it. If they can help you get some clarity on what issues you're facing, what you're actually going through, go for it. Do it. But I wanted to really, to, to prompt you not just to, to think, what is my unhealthy cycle? So what is, not just what is the behavior that I'm struggling with here, but actually push yourself to think, what is the underlying thought that is causing these unhealthy cycles? So just to share a little bit, I suppose, from, from my story, for a long time, I really struggled with anxiety. Um, that was a big unhealthy cycle for me, um, something which I'd struggled with from, from being a teenager. Um, and it, it was really starting to affect my life because I would, I would be invited to things, people would invite me along to things, and I would say no because I was worried that I might have a panic attack or that I might be overwhelmed when I was there. So it was really starting to, to limit my life. It was becoming this, this cycle that was kind of... It was okay as long as I wasn't being asked to do anything out of the ordinary. As long as I was in my comfort zone, I was fine. But that was becoming an unhealthy cycle because I was not willing to step out of that. But when I kind of push myself to, be, to think, what is the actual underlying issue here? What is it that I am believing? What is it that I'm thinking that is causing me to, to act like this? I realized that, that the thought that I had, and I know there's lots of different thoughts that can cause anxiety, but for me, it was this idea that I'm not strong enough, that I'm, I'm too weak that was my thought. My thought was that if I was put under a little bit of pressure, that I would just collapse, because I'm not strong enough. And it, it's been true of me physically for a very long time. I am not strong. There is no upper body strength. There's no any body strength within me at all. But that's how I, that was kind of what I believed about myself on the inside as well, that there was no strength there too, that there was something wrong with me because I wasn't as strong as other people. And as, sometimes as painful as it is to actually identify the underlying thought it is then so helpful because you then can start addressing that and you can then start applying god's truth to that underlying issue so this second suggestion that i have for you is once you know the issue so once you've identified your unhealthy cycle apply god's truth to your thoughts so For me, with anxiety, that meant um, going to the Bible, finding scriptures that that told me what God said about me and what God said about um, fear and anxiety. And a real breakthrough scripture for me was um, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, where it says, uh, My power is made perfect in weakness. That helped me to believe that actually my weakness was not a weakness, but my weakness was strength. Because when I realize that there's nothing of me and nothing in me, then it is only Jesus who can work through me. And that his strength is more than enough for anything that I'm going to face. So finding that truth that kind of countered the the lie or the kind of the, the wrong thinking that I had... That is what led to breakthrough. That's what led to um, breaking that unhealthy cycle. And then the next thing to do is once, you have, once you've got that truth, once you've found what God says about your situation, what God says about your unhealthy cycle, the big challenge then is to outwork it, is to actually take opportunities when you would rather have reacted in the way that your unhealthy cycle tells you to react, to actually respond in faith and respond by doing what the word of God tells you to do, thinking like the word of God tells you to think. So whatever your unhealthy cycle may be, try and identify it, apply God's truth to the thought that underlies it, and take opportunities to try and outwork that in your life. And then, just because I'm feeling generous, I've got two extra things for you as well. Something else that can really help us is to be accountable. If we're trying to break off unhealthy cycles in our lives, it can be really powerful to actually bring someone else in on that as well. To make yourself accountable to someone. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to share everything with them, although you can do if it's the right person and, and, and you trust them. But just telling someone, you know, I'm going through an unhealthy cycle here and I'm, I'm just working on some stuff. Would you mind checking in on me every now and again? That can be so powerful at helping us to actually break cycles. Um, firstly, because we're prideful people and we don't like to look bad when people check in on us and we say, oh, no, we haven't done anything. You know, Giving us that motivation to, that someone's going to check in can help us to make progress, can help us um, to deal with things. But also when we let someone else in as well, they are then there to encourage you, to strengthen you, to bear with you, to love you um, as you go through that process too. And that can be invaluable. So think about making yourself accountable to someone and also be that person who other people are coming to for accountability. I didn't think about how I was going to say that. Be that person that somebody else can come to as well god has gifted us with a family he's gifted us with this church he's given gifted us with each other so that we don't have to face these things alone and then the last thing that i wanted to tell you was to take time to reflect on the process reflect on the process you know um sometimes it we can just go through the motions can't we we can go through these things but we don't actually take time to look at how far we have come just take a moment to think you know where were you with this issue four weeks ago six weeks ago a year ago two years ago where were you and acknowledge how far you have come if you have seen breakthrough in your unhealthy cycles then celebrate it Shout about it, tell people your testimony, share your story, thank God about it, praise God for it, because the more we do that, the more we're likely to continue on with that process. And you know, if you haven't seen any breakthrough yet, or you haven't seen the full thing that you were hoping for, then maybe just just go back, just reflect, just think, okay, do I need to find more of God's truth here? Do I need to take more opportunities to outwork it? Do I need to bring someone else in on this? What's not working? How can I go a bit deeper? and push on but remember that there is no condemnation it's okay just keep going so hopefully you'll find those couple of things helpful for you to go away and think of whether that's now or at some point in the future but i did i just want to bring this full circle um, and to to reiterate what i said earlier on that you know there is no there's no resource, there's no five-point plan that we can give you that will change your life unless you've got the power of Jesus at work as well. There's no book, podcast, anything else that you can go to that will change your life the way that Jesus will. He can use those things, but it's him and it's his power and his might at work through them. So we've just got a few minutes left and I wanted to bring a little bit of a, a time of response for us. I wanted to create an opportunity. You know, we've talked about the power of Jesus. We've sung about the power of Jesus today. So I wanted to create that moment between you and Jesus. So I think to do this, I'm actually I'm going to ask you to stand, if that's Okay. And just to make this a little less awkward for me, if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes. I'm only joking. Closing your eyes helps you to focus, doesn't it? I'm just aware that we we can hear a message about breaking unhealthy cycles, and it can be easy for us to think of several different people who need to hear a message like this. We can think of several different people who are going through unhealthy things. But right now, in this moment, I want you to focus on you and Jesus. Just focus on you and Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus is with you. You may be aware of some unhealthy cycles or or repeated issues that are going on in your life. This moment is a brilliant moment to bring those to God. I've kind of I've had a bit of a, a thought or an image that there there are people here today who are aware of unhealthy cycles in their lives, but you've done a phenomenal job of compartmentalizing those and keeping them private and keeping them separate to the rest of you. I've got this, this image of a, a child who's maybe broken something and decides to hide it behind their back so that their parents won't see it. They're almost ashamed by it, so they hide it behind their back and keep it there out of, out of way so that they won't get judged, so that they won't... Um, There'll be no disappointment within them. If that's, if that's you today and you, maybe you haven't even told Jesus about these things. Of course he knows. But maybe you've never actually brought them to God before. Then just imagine yourself bringing those hands out from behind your back and holding that unhealthy behaviour, that unhealthy cycle in front of Jesus. He is not condemning you today. He is not disappointed in you. He is not ashamed of you. He is not angry with you. Jesus looks at you with love. He wants nothing more to be in a thriving relationship with you. And he is just so glad of when we hand him these things, because he's then able to journey with us through them. Jesus is not condemning you. He's looking at you with love in his eyes. He is ready to journey with you today. So Jesus, I thank you for the power that comes from being in relationship with you. I'm reminded in Philippians of where it says that that Jesus, that you have the name above every other name. That there is no issue we can face, no cycle we can find ourselves in that even stands up close to the power of your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that your name breaks the power of sin and death, your name breaks the power of unhealthy cycles. Your name gives us freedom. Your name gives us authority. Your name gives us salvation. Jesus, we worship you. You are the one. You are the only one that has power to change our lives. And Jesus, you want to be in relationship with us. We're just blown away by that. We're just so grateful for that. Thank you for your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing now, and we're going to sing about the power of the mighty name of Jesus. And this is your opportunity to respond. This is your opportunity to declare the name of Jesus over whatever it is that you're facing, over whatever your unhealthy cycle may be, whatever your issue may be. This is your opportunity to get on board with what Jesus is doing and to declare his name above it. So let's declare it. Let's declare it together. Amen.